You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. this morning. We're so glad that you're here and worshiping with us. If you take a moment, there's a QR code in front of you on the back of the chair. Just point and click your camera at that. Um, It'll take you to a form. Register your attendance for us. Let us know you're here. For those of you online, we want to welcome you as well. Thanks for joining us online. And if you would do the same thing, there's a link in the description um, for you to, to register your attendance. We are so glad that you are here. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds for worship. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we thank you so much that you have called us all together, that you have called us to be your people, 
the body of Christ. Lord, allow us to live into that calling. Allow us to be your people, your children. God, may we hear your call to serve the world. In your name we pray. Amen.
I'd now like to invite our children to come forward for our children's sermon this morning. friends, how are y'all? Good to see you this morning. So today we are going to be talking about the body of Christ. And let me ask you a question about yourselves. What is the most important part of your body? Your brain? Your heart? Your stomach? That's the most important part of my body. Um, so I, I wonder, so if you had eyes that could see really good, and you could see like far, far away, but your brain didn't tell your eyelids to open, would it matter that you had really good eyesight? It would. It would? I don't think so. I think that it, you, you, I mean, you can't see anything. What if you could run really fast, but your nerves, you know, the, the nerves in your body, didn't work and didn't tell your legs to run. It wouldn't be any good, right? So I think that that tells us that all parts are important. Our brain, our heart, our stomach, every part of our body is important. And um, in the scripture verse today, the writer tells us that we, as people, are all important parts of the body of Christ. So Pastor Jenny's important, Miss Melinda is over there. She's important. Mr. Neal's important. We have some people um, that help with trustees. They're important. We have emergency response team. They're important. All of these people are important to make sure that the body of Christ, the church, runs and does what God has called us to do. So I have a question. Um, What, or do you think, that you are important to the body of Christ? I see some yeses. What are some things that y'all do that help the body of Christ? Give back to others? You do karate? That helps keep people safe. (laughs) What about when you smile? Do people get excited? Or do people think, oh my goodness, that's so sweet. Or when you guys are up here and you sing... Uh, that brings a beautiful message to the church. So even though you guys might be young, you're still really important to our church. And we would not be able to do anything without you. That's why, so remember, we've been talking about the messages that God gives us. And um, I'm using the example of the candy hearts, which I love to eat in Valentine's time. Um, And we talked about the one I love, you are kind, and that God tells us, I love you. Well, this week, the message that God has for us is you and me. Because we have to work together. It can't just be you. It can't just be me. It has to be you and me. So we work together as the body of Christ to do God's work. Will you pray with me? God, we love you and we thank you so much that we all have an important part to play. God, that you give us special gifts so that we can do your work. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, friends. This morning, we have an opportunity to go to God in prayer and to lift up joys and concerns. I'd invite you to join me now as we pray. Almighty God, we come before you this morning as the body of Christ, as people who are equipped to do your work in the world. 
God, we come before you as people you have given special gifts and talents to. God, no one is greater. No one is less important. But we all have a part to play. Dear Lord, I pray and we confess that we don't always see ourselves as equal parts of the body. Sometimes we, we might see ourselves as more important or other times we might not value ourselves as somebody that is important in the body of Christ. God, forgive us and allow us to follow you, to be your people and to use the gifts that you have given us for it's in using these gifts that we are indeed the body of Christ. And it's in using these gifts that we're able to move forward and to do your work through Midway United Methodist Church in this community. God, we thank you that you believe in us, that you believe that we can serve you and help the world using the gifts that you've given us. God, I pray now that we would use those gifts for our prayers, for the things that we have on our hearts and our minds, for those who are sick, for those who are lonely, those who are, are recovering from illnesses or, or those that are in need of friends. God, I pray that as the body of Christ, we would reach out and we would be your presence, your love, your grace for those who are in need of those things. Almighty God, we thank you so much for all the ways that you have blessed us and all the ways that you continue to work in and through us. And now, Lord, we pray together the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Obviously, we are talking about gifts today. I am on. And uh, it's good to have Jane here sharing her gifts. And also, Danny in the back is covering the AV director's role and doing live stream and sound. So let's give it up to him and Mike. See, these are two people used to be on our staff, our paid staff, and they're here doing what? Sharing their gifts, because you know why? There's no such thing as retirement in the Bible. <laughs> you hear me? No such thing, especially with such talented people. I'm very grateful for everyone who uh, leads worship, and for you for being here today after we uh, we skipped last week because of the blizzard that came through this area. I mean, I just terrible, terrible. But I know you are all at home, glued to your TVs, watching on YouTube and Facebook this the service last Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, don't lie in church, okay? <laughs> but you get it's good because you kind of get a a little. Uh, rip. Today it's kind of part two of of. We had part one, this is part two, so you kind of get a sneak peek from what was last week. Our scripture lesson comes to us from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 12th chapter beginning with the 12th verse. You're now God's word to us this day. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that is, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, Second, prophets. Third, teachers. The deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I felt sorry for my high school band director. Every year, Mr. Moody had to take a ragtag bunch of 12 to 18-year-olds with various levels of musical talent and levels of commitment, put us out on a football field, get us to march and step while making seamless formations, and somehow make music together. At times, the challenge of trying to get 100 teenagers to listen and work together was more than Mr. Moody could do. He would start to live up to his name. He would resort to yelling on the practice field at us through his megaphone. Or if things really got bad, he'd throw down his baton and storm out of the band room, leaving us with our instruments sitting in our lap. Like Richard Dreyfuss, sympathetic, high-strung character in Mr. Holland's opus, Mr. Moody was unquestionably underappreciated and I'm sure underpaid. You know, today as I look back, I stand in amazement at what he was able to do, that somehow, regardless of the available talent pool and the multitude of personalities, he always managed to get us to work together as one to make beautiful music. Today we take up the second half of the first Corinthians chapter 12, having looked last week at the first half. In this chapter, Paul is addressing a fractured church in Corinth. In the first 11 verses, he points out that everyone has been baptized in the Spirit, and by that same Spirit, has been given gifts for ministry. 
but some gifts in the church were being valued more highly than others. So Paul reminds that all gifts have been given by the Spirit for the common good. They are all vital to the whole. Not only were there a variety of gifts among the Corinthians, there were also cultural, ethnic, and economic differences. And this diversity presented a challenge to the unity of the fledgling church and therefore to its ability to fulfill its mission. In the second half of chapter 12, Paul counters the rifts in the church by underscoring the Corinthians' unity in Christ. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body, and we were made to drink of the one spirit. Is the spirit that has taken this diverse group of people, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and made them into one body through the sacrament of baptism and holy communion. As Paul said back in chapter 1, verse 23, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. Paul reinforces the importance of the church's unity using the metaphor of the human body. The body does not consist of one member, he says, but of many. Now, using the body as a metaphor was common in practice in that day. It was often employed by civil leaders and philosophers to reinforce the social hierarchy and keep the underlings in their place. So used in this way, the leaders would usually portray themselves as, you know, the all-important head, while at virtually everyone else were the hands and the feet who, who performed the hard labor of keeping society running. Paul turns then this familiar metaphor on its head by emphasizing not just the importance of the head, but the importance of all the parts of the body. All members are integral to the whole, and one part cannot exist from the rest. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. We are, my brothers and sisters, individual parts of the whole, who apart from the body cannot serve our purpose. We need each other to fulfill our role and our mission. If the whole body, says Paul, were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? This little portion reminds me of that, that old Afrin commercial. You remember the one where the guy has a really bad cold and his head turns into a giant nose so, and his head disappears until the medicine works and all the symptoms of the cold disappear? Well, that's how it is, isn't it, whenever we have something wrong with a body part, isn't it? Ever had a bad knee or a shoulder, a broken bone or a bad tooth? You can't think about anything else except that ailing body part, even though every other part of your body may be working just fine which is an amazing thing if you think about it, that most of the time, all, most of the time, the functions of our body all work together. But if there's one that isn't, we become obsessed with it. Why? Because every 
part of the body is vital to the whole. In fact, recent research has revealed that parts of the body that scientists thought were no longer relevant, what they call vestigial members, that's your vocabulary word for the day, but they actually have important functions. So, for example, the appendix, which has long been considered a throwaway organ, is now known to function as an important storehouse for beneficial bacteria. Speaking about the ear, I like how Dr. Paul Brand, in his book Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, talks about how the ear functions in all its various parts. He said, when I listen to music, I can detect sound frequencies that flutter the eardrum as faintly as one billionth of a centimeter. That is only one-tenth the diameter of a hydrogen atom. This vibration is transmitted into my inner ear by three bones known as, and we see if you remember your biology, hammer, anvil, and stirrup. Ah, some of y'all know it. When the middle C note is struck on a piano, ten pistons of bone in my inner ear vibrates 256 times per second. Farther in are individual cilia, like the rods and cones of the eye, that transmit specific messages of sound to the brain. Whenever anything goes wrong with any part of the ear, with the hammer or the anvil or the stirrups or the cilia, hearing is distorted or destroyed. Even the smallest parts of the body are important to the body's total well-being. Like those unseen and often ignored small but vital parts of the body, there are parts of the body who by human standards are viewed as less valuable. No one, you see, thinks about the work our sound technicians do until uh, we can't hear the speaker or the music, right? No one thinks about the work of trustees until the heat doesn't work or there's water coming in the building. No one thinks about the care of our Stephen ministers put into their weekly meeting with their care receivers or the time that volunteers put into sending out cards Uh, for those who are on our prayer list. No one thinks about the emergency response team until there's an emergency and somebody needs an ambulance or, God forbid, something happens like what happened at the synagogue last week. Out of sight, out of mind. It is precisely those whose contribution isn't as visible or that receives recognition who ought to be treated with greater esteem, according to Paul. The members of the body that seem to be weaker or indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. Why do they not need this? Because... They're already receiving respect and recognition. Ralph Waldo Emerson and his son once tried for 90 minutes to get a calf to go into the barn for the night. They struggled and wrestled with it. They pushed and they pulled, but the stubborn calf would just not cooperate. So finally, after an hour and a half, they gave up. Then a farmhand who had been standing by, looking on with amusement, walked over to a pail of milk, stuck his finger in it, put it in the mouth of the calf, and with this maternal coaxing, he placidly led him right into the barn. Emerson went into the house and washed the bovine smell 
off of himself and wrote in his diary, I like people who can do things. I like people who can do things, especially who can do things I can't do, right? People who can do things are priceless assets to any church. John Killinger once watched a woman arranging flowers at Worcester Cathedral in England, and she was doing, she was so adept at what she was doing, and the arrangement so beautiful that he found that he just had to compliment her. And when he did, she said, oh, it, it's just a little thing. I don't have any of those important gifts. I can't preach or teach, so I fiddle with the flowers. Hillinger looked at the great stone pillar that was next to where she was working. It had a carving of St. Paul on it. And sometime over the century, one of Paul's hands had broken off. Killinger said to her, but it's appropriate that you are doing what Paul has no hand to do. He can preach, but you can make the surroundings beautiful. That famous poem attributed to St. Teresa of Avila says he has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead folk in his way. He has no voice but our voice to tell of how he died. He has no help but our help to lead them to his side. It's no accident that the love chapter follows on the heels of this chapter and and Paul's listing of some of the roles within the church. The roles in which we function, the parts that we play in the body when we utilize our gifts are an expression of our love for Christ and neighbor. Love being that more excellent way to which Paul refers and which he will describe in detail in chapter 13. John Wesley said, it is only when our love grows cold that we can think of separating from our brethren. When our love grows cold and we separate from our brethren, what happens? We have no place, no way to use our gifts within the body, having separated from it. On the other hand, there's no better witness to the world, I think, in the love of Christ than his body working together and actually having fun doing it. You know, the church is supposed to be fun, you know. Y'all lighten up. Y'all are so serious. You know, that's why I love it when a church does like... um, one of those large packing events for Stop Hunger Now. We've done them here before, and we had one planned um, when the pandemic hit. But what I like about such this kind of outreach project is something that the whole church can do together, no matter how young or old, no matter how able-bodied, everybody can play a part. You know, one brings the bags, and, and one puts in the ingredients, another runs the bags, another weighs and counts, someone else puts the filled bags on the truck. Now, it's, it's not difficult work, it's easy. It's very easy. But it is, I think, the church at its best. Because it's an expression of that more excellent way of which Paul speaks, where we work together to feed the hungry Love is made visible. We get the blessing of seeing in a gym on a Sunday morning what goes on every day of the year and every Sunday, but isn't always apparent that all the parts of the body are working together for the good of the whole. 
This week I had a newer member call me at the office after last Sunday's message, uh, which I'm thrilled. It means she actually watched it online, right? <laughs> she, just, she didn't just sit at home and pretend to watch it. She actually watched it, and she called and she said, you know, after the sermon I was thinking about uh, what gifts I have and, and how I could serve the church. Well, it turns out that she is a passionate scrapbooker. Any scrapbookers here? No. Okay. Holly is, yeah. I've never done it because I'm so obsessive. I know I drive myself crazy. But I greatly admire, you know, people that do this. And, and she's very passionate and does it with a group of other ladies. And she said, it occurred to me that I already have the paper and all the supplies, and I could make cards to be used by our card ministry. You know, we send cards uh, to people that are sick or experiencing grief, and Tony there help, helps head that up. And she said, and she said to me, "Is that is that what something that might be useful?" I was like, "Of course, that'd be wonderful. How nice to get a handmade card instead of." One of the ones we run down to the Dollar Tree to buy, right? Makes it even more special. And then she said, you know, in my previous church, I, I um, was part of the um, prayer blanket ministry where they crocheted blankets. She said, so I'd like to join and be a part of the prayer shawl ministry. She was thinking, she was thinking, what, what are my gifts? What are my talents? She can make things with her hands. And so that's what she was offering. You know, she told me, she said, you know, these it's just little things, it's not much. But it's it's what I can do. Paul would say that there's no such thing. No such thing as as a small ministry. A little task. Because every act of service, you know, offered by each member of the church serves part of the whole and enables us to fulfill our mission to love and serve others. And when that happens, you know, I think it's like a well-practiced band or orchestra or for that matter, a well-practiced sports team. You know, you take a band and you take its various instruments or choir with its different voices, and then they're all of a sudden, after much practice together, they're, they're blending beautifully and making beautiful music together. You know, one, one instrument on its, on its own might not sound like much, you know, I don't particularly like to listen to an oboe on its own. But you put it in a symphony with all the other instruments, and it plays an important part. You put them all together, and such music, you know, it can move the soul like nothing else, all while bringing glory to God, who gave the gift to begin with. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ, and Christ calls us to use our gifts, to share our gifts with the church and with the community. One such gift is the gift of financials. We have offering plates here, and at the other door um, you can give as you feel led. You can also give online at midway.com backslash give.
here this morning. It's great to want to welcome those online as I share this too. Back in October we filled out our commitments for how we would support Midway through our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. So if you have not had an opportunity to do so, these are on the desk in the Welcome Center. And those online, you can serve as well even if you can't be here in person and you can go on the website and uh, find the service booklet and also the commitment form. Receive now the benediction. May God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.